very good morning. It is Money Talk with James Ross. It's 16 minutes to uh, nine o'clock. And in your money today, Carolyn Wright finds out how our financial lives could potentially be changed by a central bank digital currency. Uh, Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. Back in May, the Hong Kong Monetary Authority announced the commencement of a pilot programme investigating a hypothetical e-Hong Kong dollar. The HKMA says the pilot will help it look into the possible implementation of a retail central bank digital currency in the future. A total of 16 firms from the financial, payment and technology sectors have been chosen to take part in the first round of these pilots, one of which is Arta Imali. I'm joined now by Eddie Lau, who is the CEO of Arta Techfin, to find out more about this and its company's role in the project. Thanks for joining me, Eddie. No, thank you for having us. So first off, according to the Atlantic Council, central bank digital currencies or CBDCs are being piloted in many places. That includes mainland China, Japan, Singapore. And now with this investigation is taking place here. Can you explain what a CBDC might potentially offer and how it differs from the fiat cash we're all used to using? Well, most of the user will feel the same. It's going to be the same wallet, probably banks, or with your payment company like Autopus, it will feel the same. I guess the difference is it will make your life easier. That's what we're trying to explore uh, with hypothetical Yi Hong Kong D. Okay, so let's look into that, making your life a little bit easier. Can you tell me a little bit more about your company's role in this pilot program? Arta Tefin, um, along with our partners, um, Yi Mari, basically uh, are selected by the Hong Kong MA to develop a hypothetical EHKD use case for retail so that um, the general public can enjoy the benefit of EHKD. And the program is called the EHKD Pilot Programs. Our goal is to allow retailers in the future to move their money using the smart contracts, uh, which is embedded in the Yihong Kondi. And then it will facilitate the investment process where they can make investment quicker and easier, something that they couldn't do today with the existing wallet or technologies. So it's it's basically looking into whether you can, say, streamline and make the, the whole process a lot more efficient? Mm. Correct. And uh, faster, better, more transparent. So tell me a little bit about, you know, obviously you were picked to, to, to take part in this project. What other research are you doing along sort of similar veins around uh, digital assets at the moment? Yeah, there are three areas that we are um, working on. One is the digital ID. We believe everyone should have their own ID, uh, apart from your, you know, physical Hong Kong ID cards. Can we make it into a digital format that belongs to yourself? So that's digital ID. With digital ID, we can execute our instructions much easier on smart contract. So the second project and second area that we look into is basically how to use the smart contract smartly or wisely <laughs> the smart contract can be dumb if you don't use it properly so so yeah and that's how we move your hong kong d or your hong kong d basically your money wisely okay transparently and the last but not least is actually how to optimize the investment process so say you want to invest into a mutual funds this day or you want to buy hong kong government bonds there is a standard process depends on which firm some of them are more onerous while others are more digital. With this process that we are developing, we standardize it and then we make it a lot faster. So we're trying to tackle each of the pain points or so-called redundancies of the existing process. 
Okay, so a lot of interesting areas that you're working on there. But f for the moment, where we're talking about this pilot, will will the general public notice anything specific happening as part of this, or is it kind of not really? They're, they're not really massively involved yet. Yeah, well, this project has been, you know, going on stages, right? So this year is more is more about developing the the use case. I think this will be published later this year, so the public will see it rather than use it. The angle um, of this hypothetical EHKD and the EHKD pilot programs is the, hopefully eventually um, when the government or HKMA decide when and how to roll it out to the public. And that's when probably the public will feel it. And, and the day is not set. Of course, yeah, yeah. We're still in this pilot process, yeah. but but what changes might people see at, at that point? Will will they notice any significant difference, or will it actually? Could it actually just be something very smooth, and you and you don't really notice a change, and that might actually make it easier for people to go, yeah, this is fine. I don't see, you know, don't see anything different really. Well, an easy example or analogy is back in the day, you would call people up. And then all you, you you call the pager company, and then you receive pager. I mean, for the for those who are older, will understand what it is. Or you leave messages, or you send letters, and eventually you don't even send email because don't, people don't check email anymore. The fastest way is WhatsApp, IG. So consider that's how blockchain can potentially change your life. Again, these are all hypothetical research and pilot programs, hypothetical EHKD. But the angle is to translate the technology, distribute the ledger technology into something that we can be of daily use that can be as powerful as a WhatsApp in transforming the way you communicate. And again, our use case focuses on transforming fund subscription, for example, or investment in general on, um, we call it small balance, money that you usually keep in your payment gateway, like all of us, for example. Yeah. Um, so, so that should hopefully um, make people life better. Right, so that that's the whole aim of it. To, yeah. You know, if, if, if it all works on out, then we could see things getting a lot smoother, a lot quicker, much like a lot of technology has helped our lives for the better. Now, let's look more broadly at uh, CBDCs. And I, I think a lot of people probably don't really understand the difference maybe between a CBDC and a cryptocurrency, which isn't basically issued by a central authority. So how, how big a difference do you think um, this will make to the future of digital assets when we do see more and more of these CBDCs actually making it out into the public? That's a wonderful question. We are of the view that, in fact, we have been of the view that um, the rec global regulation will tighten. I mean, cryptography is the basis of everything, um, which is how a lot of cryptocurrencies uh, are born or are used. They will come into the regulatory regimes. Um, Hong Kong has a healthy one probably one of the most advanced in the world. The U.S. is catching up in defining what it considers as securities when it comes to cryptocurrencies. I don't think CBDC would have this kind of ambiguity. So meaning you don't have to catch up because all the, all the catch up work has been done. It's pretty clear that this is something legal, something regulated, something that can be widely used, something that can be trusted. Um, while cryptocurrency, depending on the issue and where and how the regulator um, regulated. Uh, you may get different treatment. So I think the ambiguity is the big part where I do think institutions, particularly institutions, would tends to believe in CBDC more. Yeah. 
Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for explaining all of that today. That's Eddie Lau, who is the CEO of Arta TechFin.